Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Daily Passenger Responsible Travel Podcast. My guest today is Davini Shekwani, who has been a practitioner of eco-conscious living and believes in sustainability in her life and her travels. I came across her profile during my research for guests for this podcast and everything that she had shared across was really inspiring. One of the topics that we discuss in this episode is about thrifting that has always intrigued me and I have been a fan of since the time I went to Anjuna Beach and purchased a Zara jeans worth 200 bucks only. But while thrifting is an interesting concept, not many practice it and at least in India, it is not that mainstream. So without further ado, let's welcome Damini and have our conversation going. Hi Damini, how are you? Hi, I'm, do- I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thanks for asking. Thanks for taking out your time to record this episode. No worries. I mean, anything for the environment, I am up. <laughs> so, before we start, uh, how about you share some of your like personal background and what do you do? Right, yeah. So, uh, I'm an environmental researcher slash consultant. Uh, I, well, when I started out, uh, I got a bachelor's degree in engineering like everyone else does. Uh, and uh, then I wanted to go abroad and study. So I was looking at all my options and understanding what would I really want to uh, become. Like engineering, we do because most of our parents put us, you know, like, job karle bacha. So uh, I was looking at options and then, you know, I realized that I've always felt very connected towards the environment and I like going outdoors. I enjoy nature and Uh, I was also, at that point, I was also understanding what climate change is. So I took up environmental management, hoping that I'd also get to swim with dolphins and uh, just uh, experiencing that whole marine uh, ecology as well. Um, But that didn't happen. Uh, I finished my uh, master's in Australia in environmental management and came back to India because I realized that working for the country here is more important right now because uh, us in India, we're not really, you know, pushing the whole environmental movement uh, at the pace that we should be pushing it at. So I started working for an NGO called Center for Environmental Research and Education, where I was heading this program called as Schools for Solar where we'd install solar panels for underprivileged schools. And I'd also teach the students on uh, environmental issues like climate change, global warming. And personally, I do believe that students, uh, like the first step of awareness also happens with the students. Now I am also running a page called as Eco-Conscious Living on Instagram. And I also interview people all around the world to motivate other, you know, people, youngsters who'd be interested to make a career out of it and just showing pathways of you know starting this journey so yeah that's been up how has a traveler perception of sustainability in tourism changed since you started your work around eco-conscious living yeah right um thanks for sharing those questions with me uh you know what i recently went i traveled to uh uttarakhand uh, especially Lansdowne and rishikesh and uh, I personally feel that people find it very hard to uh, travel. I personally found it very hard to travel sustainably, even though I'd carry my own bottle, I'd carry my own tiffin box everywhere. 
you know, also like a couple of basic uh, cutlery, like spoon and stuff. Uh, so I don't have to rely on plastic uh, provisions, especially now because of COVID that uh, everyone's taking a little more precautions of using disposables. So uh, it's, it's complicated because, for example, I'll just take water. For you, while traveling, it's hard to rely on, uh, you know, the local water because of the safety issue. What if, you know, it doesn't suit you? So you end, end up buying, uh, you know, like plastic bottles, bisleries. And uh, that, again, adds up to your waste. So I think in all, traveling eco-consciously can be challenging. But if you really put your heart to it, like taking your own, uh, you know, personal uh, like those things that I just told you, it is achievable. It is hard because right now we don't have uh, provisions from the the government. Like we don't have proper boots for uh, filling waters or just like disposing your own waste. There is a waste issue, especially during uh, traveling. Uh, small things that you could do while uh, I personally tell this to everyone uh, especially when you're going to a different, uh, beautiful place, which is very nature, like has a lot of nature, uh, wildlife, animals, stuff going on. What you could do is you don't go there in the perception of, you know, enjoying or having a vacation. You go there in the perception of giving back to the community, giving back to the nature. I went to Lansdowne and we did a cleanup drive with a local community members like we picked up some people who were interested in being a part of this uh, cleanup drive we picked out a uh, you know like a hill sort of an area which was extremely littered there was trash everywhere and it's a beautiful it was in between a forest land and there are like it's very close to uh, Jim Corbett so you usually spot leopards and tigers around that area so we did a quick, uh, like a one hour cleanup and we also spoke to the community members to, you know, understand what is their problem and also to give back, to give some awareness that, okay, this is your plastic waste. This should not be thrown like this, but then there is biodegradables, like your food waste, which can be uh, composted. So, you know, there was an exchange of information from both ends, from our end and their end. So you don't go, you don't travel thinking that you travel thinking that uh, you're going there to learn from the people where you go and to also give back. So I think that would uh, be a part of eco-conscious travel. What do you think? Yeah, I have a similar uh, understanding of this. Uh, I think it will change, uh, you know, uh, when people start traveling again in the aftermath of COVID. We have started traveling, mm. but uh, right now, I think conservation value points that people are not traveling. But let's see what happens. How serious is the importance of eco-philosophy during these times when it has become obvious that everything is globally connected from climate change to global pandemics? Right. Um, so, you know what eco-philosophy is? I'll tell you what eco-philosophy actually means. So, you know, when we study, we go to school, we start studying science at the basic level. We start studying math at the basic one plus one equal to two. So why do we study these, you know, basic things when in the future we don't even use them? We, we're like, we're doing higher stuff. We're doing 
complicated math or science or whatever the reason we study this is to make our fundamentals strong make our base strong so what eco philosophy does it helps you understand what your personal uh, you know relationship or uh, feelings are for the environment so there are different types of eco philosophies in uh, you know like currently existing like for example there is anthropocentrism so anthropocentrism means uh, we look at the world in the sense that humans are the center point everything that we do is human centric then there are you know it varies from that end to completely deep ecology and which means that we're not you know like humans are not uh, the at the hierarchy at the top we're a part of a cobweb we're like in a cobweb and everyone is equally uh, nobody can take care of the nature like humans cannot take care of the nature but we're more uh, you know in tune with the nature we're a part of it so there are different philosophies there was there will one be about uh, how you feel about animals and you know the cruelty towards animals so that is called as biocentrism so why do we study all of this uh, so right now aapne dekha rahega most of the people uh, looking at the internet they just uh, follow the mainstream sustainability which is uh, lifestyle changes and don't get me wrong these are important like you need to make those personal lifestyle changes as well because they're easy and impactful but there are so many other alternatives in the field of uh, how you can help the environment or how you can actually live a conscious life it's not just helping the environment but it's about living a conscious life so to uh, you know understand where you stand it's good to read about eco philosophies uh, for me personally i believe in a uh, deep ecology which actually i'll give you a proper definition which is coined by ananais and he's uh, is well known in the whole uh, environmental philosophy uh, you know the uh, stream so what they believe is that humans must radically change their relationship to nature from one that values nature solely for its usefulness to human beings to one that recognizes that nature has an inherent value inherent value meaning you just look at the trees and you just value for its presence you value the animal for its presence you don't look for how it will be the tree will be useful for you to you know get logs out of it to make a house out of it or whatever a furniture so you just value it for its inherentness um yeah so i think right now looking at covid looking at where we are going it's a good opportunity to reflect slow down and understand that everything is not for us to consume we we ha- we have a duty to give back so uh it's a good way to start building your uh, foundation by understanding what eco philosophies are and it's a good way to you know explore other options rather than just changing lifestyle uh, changes that we commonly see on instagram and other social media applications that is a very elaborate definition i think uh, a lot of us who work in this field don't go in the technicalities of uh, these terms but i think uh, we should <laughs> we should we all should study about it anyhow yeah. anyhow since you are working in the field of climate change i would like to ask something 
that climate change activism is catching up in India and a lot of college students especially are joining the cause in their own ways. But uh, a lot of times when I talk to them, I feel that uh, there is a lack of knowledge around this, these issues. And they're only doing what they read on social media. So do you think that this is a good thing and will it go a long way in the future or something um, more su substantial should be done? Yeah, a very good question you asked, Anshul. Um, this is something that I've also discussed with a couple of my colleagues and friends. So, you know, like in different parts of the world, uh, like, for example, Greta, you know, uh, taking up the whole uh, climate protest, like Fridays for Future, and it has been a success around developed nations specifically, like uh, the U.S., EU and Australia. So when we try to do it here uh, in the country, it's a different scenario altogether because uh, this is my personal opinion. I can obviously be wrong and anyone who would like to uh, like give a different argument, more than welcome. So what I feel personally is uh, that we don't have uh, the liberty of, you know, just uh, protesting for the environment. We have bigger issues right now. For example, it's a, it's a thing for privileged people, like to protest, go out and protest for the environment. But majority of us, like in the country, are still suffering from meeting their basic needs, meeting their basic social rights, hygiene, you know, all these things that are yet not met in our country. So how do we concentrate and get masses to participate in uh, an environmental protest? Even though it's equally important, but imagine if you don't have money for your children, like if you're a rickshawala and if you don't have money for, uh, to support your children, why would you go and protest for uh, you know, the environment? So what I'm saying is, uh, when students go out, protest for uh, this, it is very important to protest. It's completely something that we have to do. So, uh, you know, when I was speaking about eco-philosophies, lifestyle change is one of it. Protesting is one of it. Uh, researching on it and, you know, like the science part of it is also uh, one of the eco-philosophies. So all of it is plays an important role to push the movement ahead. But how much can we rely on just the protest? I wouldn't say a lot. Because again, uh, we won't get that kind of number that we get in different countries, like all these developed countries, because for them, they, they don't have to meet their basic necessities, most of them at least. Here, it's a different scenario. So what we need to do is we need to tailor, we really need to understand why we're protesting and how would the protest really make a difference? Matlab, it's not in Kalab Zindabad for our freedom when we were protesting. It was everyone's goal. Everyone wanted uh, freedom and that's why there was massive level participation. Here we don't have that. So do you know what I'm trying to say? So I think people, students especially, should really look at uh, also protest but also look at other options. Study. It's very important to study why they are uh, protesting, what they're protesting for, how they can actually make a difference. So these are the questions that students need to ask themselves. And our education system, to a level, you know, takes away that capacity, that inquisitiveness from 
students to inquire ki what is what in the education system that we have been living in at least my uh, during my time so i feel uh, the inquisitiveness is very important in the youth to understand uh, what would really you know make a difference yes protest but also you know do read up why you're doing it don't just follow the internet don't, don't just follow what everyone else is doing do understand the logic behind it uh, so is eco conscious lifestyle difficult <laughs> uh it's like uh is exercising difficult <laughs> is living a healthy lifestyle difficult is similar to that uh do you know what i mean like uh if you think eating healthy is something that requires practice if you come from a very junk eating person and you really want to uh convert into a healthy lifestyle exercise so it requires efforts to be taken but it's not hard it's not uh, not achievable mostly because it's hard because of the conditioning that we've been given so far like we use straws we would just go to a restaurant and get bottles like these are so ca- these things are so casual that we do it so often and we don't even realize oh it's harming the environment uh so thoda time lagta hai ye attitude change karne ke liye but other than that uh, i don't think it's uh, not achievable the first thing you need to do is i think would start from waste like if you really want to get into eco conscious living understand what waste you are producing uh, how much of it is compostable how much of it is recyclable how much of it is not recyclable so when you start looking at the products in itself ki acha ye product aisa banta hai isko ye processing hoti hai this product doesn't require you know this 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 process this product can actually give manure to my plants so uh, the minute you start inquiring about your waste then you can trace back okay how do i find for alternatives how do i look for uh, eco uh, friendly alternatives so it's a step by step process it's like you when you start dieting you start slow when you start exercising you Uh, start with very small reps you don't suddenly start lifting you know all these so it's a step by step process but it's completely possible i still haven't perfected it so i think i'm on my journey and i say everyone does how much ever they can and it's about you know competing with your old self what were you doing like one month ago are you better than that it's not about competing with other people and i don't think anyone should put anyone down for example if today i produce almost zero waste and there's somebody who produces a lot of waste so i shouldn't demean them i should actually help them you know show them how they can also improve their lifestyle and we're all in this journey together we're not like walking individually and that's something very important that all of us need to understand so yeah yeah i agree like uh, we don't need like 100% people following 100% eco conscious or uh, eco friendly lifestyle we need 10% right 10% people following 10% of the eco friendly lifestyle i i think i have used the multi- multiple versions of this code in my in, in my in my podcast so i don't even remember that what it actually says <laughs> right okay <laughs> yeah i completely agree it's about the little efforts that everyone is willing to take and that will make a big difference as i said na boon boon se sagar banta hai 
yeah. So yeah. And uh, and there is an we have done an episode on eco shaping. So uh, we know that uh, this thing happened, and especially in uh, the times of internet culture, when like there is a notion that uh, you know if you you live an eco conscious lifestyle, then you are not supposed to live live a comfortable life. So you are not supposed to take a car, or you are not supposed to hire an Ola. Everything needs to be done in in control, you know, without harming the uh, environment around us. But that doesn't mean that we end up harming ourselves. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I'll give you a very quick example. Uh, so Miley Cyrus was a vegan, a strict vegan for a very long time, and recently, because her health was deteriorating, this is what I've read on the news. and some uh, reasons health reasons she could not continue her vegan diet and that's fair like it's okay if it's harming her body then how can she continue living a vegan lifestyle because it's you know like and there are people who have bad mouthed her uh, is which is i think is unfair like you do how much ever you can as much as you you know you're you're taking that effort uh, when it comes about uh, cars and olas uh why i wanted to make one point on that saying uh, earlier like 20 30 years ago we'd usually have one car in the family and you know everyone would share if they wanted to go around or you know the rest would take a two wheeler or rickshaw or public transport uh now that as the living standards are improving each and every member of the family wants their own car so that is a small you know thing i know it's a little inconvenient but and even though you have the money it's just about how much pollution are we willing to uh, contribute to how much the amount of traffic that will increase with the with each family member getting their own car the traffic is obviously going to go uh, off the charts and we will all suffer in this together so uh, it's not just individual changes it's also policy changes like having better public transport so that people prefer that क्योंकि अभी जैसे लोकल ट्रेन इन मुंबई आर नास्ती लाइक यू कैंट ट्रेवल इन इट बिकॉज यू नो दैट बाय द टाइम फ्रॉम वन लोकेशन टू अनादर यू लुक लाइक अ डिफरेंट पर्सन बिकॉज ऑफ द नंबर ऑफ पीपल दैट टेक द ट्रेन सो इट्स इनकनवीनियंट एंड यू रैदर प्रिफर योर ओन कार इफ इट्स इफ द डिस्टेंस इज नॉट टू मच सो इफ दीज थिंग्स इम्प्रूव फ्रॉम द गवर्नमेंट साइड देन यू नो यूड ऑब्वियसली चूज द पब्लिक ट्रांसपोर्ट सो इट्स अ थिंग इट्स लाइक you make the changes in your own personal uh, you know lifestyle but there are also changes that we should all push for from the you know policy aspect of it and and it seems that we all have become used to following a certain template when it comes to responsible travel or making conscious choices uh, anything hmm. different uh, means that we are not uh, doing it right obviously thanks to internet so what is your take on this yeah this is uh, again going back to the same point internet has a lot of things and it's easy to mindlessly follow uh, what everyone is doing and sometimes you know you may end up mindlessly following a good influencer but uh, you know it's again it's about inquisitiveness it's about understanding why uh, for example i take the train wherever i can even if it's a long distance journey prefer the train because the emission my personal emission carbon emission is so it's like i think it's around 10 times lesser than that when i take the airplane so small changes that 
you know we can all comfortably do like when i take the train i think about are bapre 30 20 hours or 25 hours that i'll have to spend on the train but ye aise chale jaate you don't even realize like you binge watch uh, while i was coming from uh, haridwar like two days ago i was on the train actually and two days i was binge watching series reading books um just reading stuff and it was not an uncomfortable journey it was very comfortable considering covid as well there was proper social distancing maintained nobody could enter the train except for the passengers and everyone was wearing masks and it did not feel uh, unsafe at all like very safe environment 25 hours and i'm fine like and it also did not affect the environment at all when you said about mindlessly following whatever is on the internet i would say if you come across something that you want to follow just do a quick check up on it if it's really you know a good advice for example buying stuff like there's something called as green washing i think you must have heard about it uh so basically green washing is uh you know sells you the stuff with a picture of that it's eco friendly but in actuality it's not because the process is the uh, you know the process that requires to make a product uh, is also a part of you know if it's it's a question that whether the processing was also uh, done in the most ethical way or not was there child labor involved or not so yeah if somebody tries to sell you a product saying oh this is sustainable la 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 sustainable clothing line just do a quick research i think research for everyone regardless of which field you are in is and internet hai to iska to easy usage hai just quickly type okay whatever the product name is h&m uh, conscious clothing so and read about it is it really what does the news say did anyone like uh figure out that it's not do we a quick check and if that is the case then you know like buy it if they are doing unethical or uh, like they they're following unethical ways of uh, making the clothes then don't it's just simple as that if we start following everyone on the internet then what are we we're we're, we're them we're not an individual named damini or anshul we're just uh, you know someone just following in multiple influences speaking of green washing uh, i have also done an episode on green washing that you can find <laughs> in the podcast <laughs> So oh, I am cool. shamelessly, I am shamelessly plugging all the old episodes in this interview. <laughs> I have been browsing through eco-conscious living's website, and a lot of projects mentioned there directly, indirectly connect with uh, travel and tourism. One of these is conscious consumption. So, how can travel industry use it in their favor? Abhi, you know, it's a very uh, complicated question because. what do you uh, okay what is the definition of conscious consumption according to you conscious consumption means uh, slow uh, slow food or eating local food or eating something that doesn't add additional burden on that places ecosystem yeah so exactly when you travel at, at least in india if you go to a, a goa kerala or even the north wherever uh most of them do give you uh local food like uh, and you personally uh, to experience the place you would also prefer 
eating locally just to experience what is the local culture what is the lo- what are the local dishes so even though right now it's getting more commercialized i think indians at least i personally and all the people i know would still want to have that local experience when we travel so uh, in a way that has still retained which is nice but i think there should be a provision for more eco stays and uh, environmental farms where uh, people whoever are traveling they're not just in the resorts or not commercially or to you know like having an experience on the outside like just the tourism uh, touristy things that people do they should also have a connection with uh the land that they're at or the the community people like the local people that they're meeting uh the food where is it coming from what sort of uh you know common vegetables are grown in an area so just you know having that experience also helps you uh, to be a conscious consumer like when you're buying stuff locally from uh, a local shop i think in at least in india i've always like, had a very like a local experience every time i travel and i think it's for the most for most people as well so it has been happening which is yeah good it's a fortunate circumstance right I... do you have a different take on this ah uh, no i don't think so okay all right speaking of the website uh, so scripting is another of your uh, projects that i have uh, gone through and it is something yeah. that is really popular among european travelers even i have purchased a lot of second hand jackets and shoes from nepal but it is not something that is very popular among indians so where do you think uh, like the problem lies and what do you think should be a solution right uh, very good question uh, okay so thrift culture is building up now it has always been there in very small ways like for example uh, in the past generation in our fathers and mothers when they were young they would pass on their clothes from you know from them to their sisters to their relatives and that was a very good habit that we had uh, i think you would agree as well uh, i think our ancestors were amazing in terms of uh, being living sustainably living eco consciously so i i think we just have to go back to that habit again <laughs> that's our aim at the moment just going back to that ancestral uh, you know teachings and the habits that they would do uh, in terms of thrift culture and the challenges that we face here in india right now i would say uh, so firstly it's about how you treat your clothes for example uh, you bought something and you've used it you used it very uh, carefully because you wanted to wear it and after a certain number of times of using it then you're sick of that particular cloth and then you're like are you don't take care of it as much as you should and uh, then how do you sell it that's the question right then you'd either donate it to someone or you'd give it to your the help or the maid that comes over to your house uh, or you'd make it you know like you'd re- recycle and use it as pochika kapda so Uh, that's the usual uh, life cycle for the clothes that we buy you know in the house like do you know what i mean now what we're trying to change here is how we treat our clothes we want to make sure that when we buy it we buy it in the uh, consciously knowing that tomorrow maybe when i'm done using it 
I can sell it to someone. And so I should maintain that quality that it will also uh, give me, you know, certain uh, some money back on uh, the clothes that I've sold. And it'll uh, like right now, I like it tomorrow, it'll be somebody else who, you know, use it and when I, I don't need it anymore. So that attitude is what we're looking at. Why do people not prefer buying second-handed clothes is because again they feel like are kaise use kiya rahega kapde ko is it a still good quality are the thread work com- coming out uh, so we are usually skeptical about the handling of the clothes and uh, if we change that's why if we change our attitude towards how we think about our clothing thrift culture is will pick up more and i think it is picking up when you look at instagram there are so many uh, famous uh, instagrammers who are selling stuff second handed and the stuff is brilliant like this these are the things that uh, are so unique they uh, they have that vintage vibe to it and also you're not just wasting the clothes it's it's a very satisfying feeling when you buy. I mean, I'm sure you must have felt it too when you bought these jackets and shoes from Nepal. Uh, like just knowing that they're so unique and you did not let the clothes go to waste. You used it. And maybe later on you'd give it to somebody else. So the cloth has remained in use for a very long time rather than being dumped in the ground. So it's a satisfying feeling. And I feel uh, as more and more people start getting into the lifestyle sustainable lifestyle they would definitely want to uh, invest in second-handed shopping as well and uh, it's it's fun I think it's fun to have those exchange boots uh, thrift boots you know small cute boots around uh, for example in uh, you know all these festivals that happen it can be a culture that can be built up and I think uh, since uh, fast fashion is so much popular in India, uh, I think because of this, uh, thrifting is not uh, getting its uh, uh, due because most of the clothes these days don't run for that long. You know, uh, when I was a child, um, these people used to come who would uh, take old clothes and uh, give buttons in, in return. And, uh, and, and, and I have some of my old clothes that have gone very small. But they are still there. They have a, like uh, there is not a single wear and tear on those. But uh, I think clo- the clothes today don't have that uh, long shelf life, and because of which I think thrifting is something that is uh, not getting the, that due that it, it deserves, at least in India. Uh, yeah, when you're talking about uh, fast fashion, and it's true. Like now, people are preferring H and M, Zara, and all these you know modes for buying clothes and the fact is they don't run for long they the quality of clothing is so bad uh, that within like months the cloth is gone so i feel it's it's really uh, good to invest in better quality of clothing and i think in the past we'd have such good clothing uh, you know like when we were children the quality of clothes the cotton that would be used or other fabrics uh, was just more durable. Now, the meaning of durability has ended because fast fashion is exactly that. They want you to buy clothes and then they want them to, you know, exhaust so that you can buy more. <laughs> so, yeah, once you understand this cycle, you would, you know, uh, personally opt for 
something that's more durable something that's more long lasting since uh, you have a degree and uh, you are like one of the few people who are like uh, have this authentic uh, who who i can call as a authentic source of information so uh, i is it true it is some, something that i am asking out of the script but is it true that working in the field of environment conservation is not that financially rewarding like a lot of people want to go in this field but uh, i think the misconception that they won't get to earn much with, uh, stops them so what is the truth ye to dil pe churi rakhne wali baat ho gayi uh i don't know if if that's a phrase i just said it uh but yeah you're right uh you know what i was just having this conversation uh very recently with someone uh who was trying to understand why living sustainably is profitable to him what i was trying to explain uh from my perspective was that you know the the rewarding parts the eco conscious lifestyle that it's a give and take relationship so he was looking at from the financial aspect of it and i was speaking it from a very uh, conscious moral uh, spiritual aspect of it so we couldn't come to a conclusion because uh, um, i'll tell you why i'm saying all of this because he was speaking a different language and i was speaking a different language so uh, it's this communication uh, it's this gap that we have so for example environmental uh, for me being an environmentalist uh, is out of complete you know like love and passion towards uh, working for the environment protecting the environment being you know a part of it living eco consciously of course you require the money to sustain but if you are hoping that you would be a billionaire out of working in this field then either you are not going to be a billionaire or you are not really actually uh, working for the environment you are just making it a profitable business so what i'm saying is these are two different things uh, personally when i think about my own future of course like i do have certain loans that i need to uh, pay off because of the education that i took but uh, apart from that i do not require a lot of you know like my lifestyle has already started becoming very minimalistic that my needs have reduced so uh, to sustain that i think uh, you know a job in the field is more than enough to help you sustain but if you if you have higher demands if you have higher uh, expectations then it is difficult in this field alone to make the kind of money there are a lot of sustainable startups right now that are flourishing and uh you know businesses that are flourishing uh there are also consultancies like when you when you think about sustainable reporting for big companies like you prepare uh you know like there are certain standards set by the un that uh you write these reports for and these are actually good paying jobs it's the whole corporate uh, aspect of it uh, that you help corporates and uh, you know like companies to meet certain sustainable goals in fact working for the government can also be financially uh, like it's a good pay but if you're looking at working with ngos or not for profits and all these grassroots level organizations even though the work is so meaningful and you actually feel satisfied that you're doing something good but that is not something that will you know keep you sustained for a very long time because yes the pay is less
hopefully it changes in the future as more awareness towards the topic flows in yeah i am hopeful but it also depends on how much money you need in your life so exactly. if you are working, working at an ngo in a place like dharamshala then obviously you will your expenses will be less and your lifestyle hmm. will be different than if you are working in delhi so yeah so if if that's the kind of lifestyle uh, that you are aiming at then it's brilliant for you like uh, living in dharamshala and why not like if you want a peaceful life and to do meaningful work then that's the right place for you uh so i think it's important to you know also understand that everything doesn't happen in mumbai delhi and all these uh, metro cities uh there are you know like slower lifestyle options available as well if you'd want to choose those but constantly const- like right now we're you know constantly thinking about earning so much moving to moving out of the country you know blah 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 the kind of lifestyle that everyone showcases on the internet and uh, how can an individual get in your field of uh, work like any tips for the youngsters <laughs> this is something i usually ask uh, everyone who i interview on my uh, instagram you know regardless of which field you are you can always do work in the field but also support also work for the environment if you, like if you're thinking about getting a degree then you know there are options available in the country and outside i would still i would recommend to study in the country but if you're uh, someone who has already occup- uh, acquired degrees and just out of interest want to you know work in the field you can start volunteering for ngos or interning with ngos and uh, that's that's actually a very good start a lot of environmentalists in our country have started their journeys like that different backgrounds completely different backgrounds uh, so i'll give you an example i think you already interviewed avinash from waste warriors yeah he had a completely different background he started up uh, working with the team of waste warriors and in the next 5 years 6 years he became the ceo of waste warriors your journey can start wherever whenever you want it to start all you have to do is take that extra effort if you are in the field of uh, filmmaking you make movies on or documentaries on the you know on environmental topics if you know if that is something you really want to do or with your art with your the things that you sell eco conscious uh, line or a sustainable life so there are different ways that you can part you know like come into the field it's just about again it's i'm all, always coming back to the same point it's about researching and inquiring and understanding what you really want to do so there's so much information on the internet you can there are 100 ways of or 1000 ways of getting into the field of environment all you have to do is take that first step thanks amay this interview was very interesting uh, i hope that listeners uh, got some nice tips to follow eco conscious lifestyle and don't worry if you are not able to follow everything that internet asks you to do do whatever is possible and spread the message around thank thank you so much anshul for the, uh, inviting me for the interview and i hope that you know people can get inspired by this and make changes in their own personal lifestyles go check out eco conscious living's website and connect with amini on her social media platforms yeah so my uh, instagram is ecoconscious.living i think that's it yeah you can follow me there
i hope that you like the interview uh, you can share your feedback and suggestions on my social media platforms as well all the links are mentioned in the description of this episode also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are listening this was anshul and i will be back with a new episode soon